I am Akashika Mahola and this is In the Spirit of Spinning Yarns podcast proudly Australian made In the spirit of spinning yarns acknowledges Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people as the first Australians and recognizes their culture, history and their deep connection to the land, water, seas and communities. This episode is recorded on the lands of Turbul and Jagra people of the Mianan Nation, the traditional custodians of this land, and we pay our respects to the elders past, present and emerging. Australian of Indian heritage last year about this time I decided to step up in Ondebus to break the thick-carried ceiling and press for progress to curtail the unconscious diversity bias this podcast is dedicated to our Australian diversity and all multicultural ethnicities who are proudly Australian making a podcast series has been a wonderful experience I have met some amazing people and had the privilege to work with with them. Here are some of my favorite moments from podcast in the spirit of spinning yarns in 2020. Guests who joined podcast included the indigenous cultural curator Trent White who's also a photographer presence justice social activist Debbie Kilroy OAM covid lifestyle enthusiasts across Australia Australian politician federal member of Oxley Milton Dick MP and Australian politician turned diplomat Barry O'Farrell AM amidst many more all pushing for change inclusion and progress at home neighborhood workplaces our communities politics and diplomacy gurumuli my name is trent white gurumuli is hello greeting gurumuli comes from my country danambo country naya karana danambo Gurumuli mayembu gurudanamurti nonenbe yarabugu nurugumuru weebiya yirago wayo I just welcome you to my Danambu country and what I just said I'm a Danambu man hello welcome to my country I pay my respects to my elders past and present wow. I was born in Rockhampton born and bred here all my family are here all my relatives Rockhampton sits in my Danambu country so I'm always on my particular clan country my passion for photography grew over the years with my involvement in a lot of culture preserving and growing culture photography is another way for me to express myself and bring out more stories i would often see aboriginal people especially in their homes the big beautiful pictures family photos dressed in nice clothes but never never done up in the way that we were traditionally so that's something that i really wanted to change because every clan group and every tribe has different styles painting up with different meanings 
depicting different totem animals, different laws, different beliefs. So I wanted to pay more attention to the differences in clan groups from one tribe to another and show the world. That's lovely, Trent. Talking about your culture, tell us everything about the beautiful cultural boundaries around your area, the famous rivers and the places that you have found peaceful. The people of your community always look out for. The boundaries of my Durrambul country, we don't have straight lines in a map. Our boundaries are the land and the sea, the mountains, the creeks, the rivers. They are the borders. Every clan group has different borders on their country. My, my borders are very unique. They are creek lines, they are rivers, they are mountains. They all have stonk song lines attached to them, depicting the different boundaries. The, the people in my community that make up my community are beautiful people, They're very multicultural, and it, it is our, with our education to them that they too understand the boundaries of different tribes and clan groups and the passing down of that knowledge. That's beautiful, Trent. So to a non-Indigenous person, which could be me, for example, how would this be if I visited your community? How would I be welcomed there? If, if I was to welcome you to my country, I would personally take you to a significant place of my country, and that's the river that we call Tunaba. In English name, it is called the Fitzroy River, but to us, Dharambu, it's always been Tunaba. I would take you to Tunaba and I would call out to the ancestors to let them know that you are here as a friend and as a guest and that you are welcome to anything on our country. There are certain responsibilities when you get that welcome. You only take what you need and you share with others. There's not too many rules because you look after this place like it was your own place. A welcoming would then begin with a smoking ceremony. We use a particular tree. It's a sandalwood tree that we use for cleansing and welcoming to our country. So any thoughts with you would just be cleansed, and it's just for cleansing. Eventually they rang the police and juvenile aid, the new juvenile aid bureau, which were social workers, who came and convinced my parents to sign me away and put me in the youth prison. So I was put in the youth prison for wagging school when I was 13. I remember the cops coming up the back stairs of the house um, to say that I had to go with them. And that day I was dressed to go to school. Life, you know. So, but in January that year, in 1990, my friend was stabbed to death and I was stabbed twice trying to stop her murder. And that shifted many things for me in many different ways so on my release on parole I said to the women that I would come back and I did come back that's when we started Sisters Inside and so Sisters Inside is very much a grassroots organization put in a bogger road at 17 years old it wasn't a bogger road at 18 um, but that's prison prison's violent that's why I am a prison abolitionist because because prisons are violent full stop abolitionists aren't about rearranging the deck chairs on the titanic the titanic's the problem So 
fantastic, Barry. And talking about the food, have you tried the Frosty Boy ice creams from Yatala to New Delhi? I haven't tried Frosty Boy, but I know, and and I regret to say that my wife and uh, my driver know the the, the, the the name of it, but uh, there is an ice cream that's produced down the road that I'm very fond of, but I have to confess that uh, I continue to watch my weight, so therefore I've only bought it twice in the six months I've been here. Very inspiring. In the spirit of spinning yarns, we would like to know now that your office is at a stone's throw from your residence. You must be having a really good balancing act between life and diplomacy. Are you reading anything these days or are you playing golf? What is your life and work balance routine like? Well I, well, I did bring my golf clubs and I did try before I came to improve my atrocious golf game and I haven't touched them since I've been here. Largely because the courses have been closed. I understand they're now open, but I don't think I'm yet in a state to be able to be seen and represent Australia on the golf course. So I have to do a fair bit of work behind the scenes. Routine gets me through. I'm not sure I have a balance because I don't know what the full dimension of the job is yet because I'm essentially, except for a couple of meetings a week, still restricted to the High Commission. Not physically. But because people in a time of COVID in a country where it hasn't peaked are particularly sensitive about whether or not they want to meet face to face. We're seeing it, it uh, relax a little bit, but but not a lot. So and my way of getting through that from day one has been to have a routine. I've described my routine to you, which is hardly exciting, but uh, but it, it copes, it deals, for, it works for me. And uh, as you know, the exercise and obviously I, I haven't read so much since I got here. India is a great place, as you know, for, for books. I love bookshops. Uh, I will take back more books than anything else from India. Probably more books and memories, perhaps. But I'm enjoying that, and uh, and if I do, if I do have one of those moments where it gets a bit flat, I switch to fiction. So uh, whether it's a book, whether it's uh, a TV show, or whether it's a movie. Last weekend, uh, it wasn't flat, but I, I I hadn't seen it for a long time. I watched Godfather Two, which I think is the best of the Godfather trilogies. I don't recommend any of the morals or the uh, activities uh, that, are, that it portrays. It's a fantastic movie with some great. I'm just a former politician pretending to be a diplomat. If you want to get, if you want to have a, if you want to have a podcast uh, with a diplomat, you want, to, you want to get a serious diplomat so that your listeners might be inspired to join the profession. Actors. It's a delight to have you with us today, Milton. And it's hard to believe that we are finally having a yarn about all things Milton Dick MP of Federal Parliament. Four years of being a federal member of Parliament, but also 12 years as a local councillor. I've learned so much, but also had a journey myself in terms of understanding where people come from and why they've called Australia home. But whether you've been here for 160 years or you've been here for... 16 months. My father always had a saying, we've come in different boats, but we're all in the same boat. And that's how I view a lot of the constituents that I represent. Whether you've been here for a little while or a long while, we're all in this together. No, definitely not. Our family was not particularly political growing up. My parents were heavily involved with community groups and helping people through either their church or clubs or, or whatnot. And it was probably only at university where I started studying and learning and working. I'd say myself as a bit of an accidental politician. Some people laugh when and uh, like your face when I when I say that. But it wasn't really something I intended to do. I was finishing high school and had the choice of being accepted to study a Bachelor of Arts in Economics or a Bachelor of Music. So I was a, a musician. Um, 
at what one stage. You, what would you play or sing? I was a uh, violinist and oh. a, a piano and flute player, right. a bit of a rusty piano player, uh-huh. um, and uh, was really torn about what to do. But my father put me on the straight and narrow uh, and said that musicians don't make much money, um, so I should go get a proper degree. Um, but I've always had that love of music um, and, and at one stage was thinking of becoming a police officer as well. So uh, all of those things, I guess, are sort of service orientated and, and providing Absolutely. for others. Um, but it was just through university and then working in study that led me to uh, local government and then led me to being a federal member of parliament now. So there was no grand plan. I've just been very, very fortunate and very, very lucky. And as some of listeners would know, I have an older brother who is also a state member of parliament, a different level of government. And I have an older sister who is the star of the family, as we say. She is a school teacher. She's been an educator for over 30 years. And we're enormously proud of her achievements of, I think, being the one one of the best teachers in the country and her life of committed to learning has inspired both my brother and myself to to do what we can to lift as many students up as possible Uh, and we look to her for a lot of practical advice about how to use education to empower people. Fantastic Milton, clearly the gold souvenir from your grandfather is really protecting you and really empowering all of you all the way through. Yeah, we're very lucky in our family. My dad was, um, as I said, a a veteran and a businessman and my mother was a nurse. So practical and caring side as well, um, which have made us all, I think, uh, driven and committed to the things that we do. Probably traditional working class sort of people. And I remember my mother telling me before she passed away, uh, she lived to about the age of 90, and before she passed away telling me when she was growing up as a child of the Depression in the 1930s and 40s, if she, someone had told her back then or my grandparents that they would have a grandson or granddaughter, let alone two grandchildren elected to the state or federal parliament, from their working class humble beginnings, it would be the equivalent in the 1930s of saying someone could go to Mars. Well, uh, one of the greatest things I've had of being a member of Parliament is to join in the Australian Defence Force Parliamentary Program. So the ADFPP program is one that members and senators can sign up for. Uh, and I have been very honoured to spend time with in the ADF, in the East Timor Sea, based in Darwin, through our uh, sovereign borders operations. And I have also, on two separate occasions, travelled to Iraq and Afghanistan. So I've been able to um, be involved in some of those conflicts, mind you, from a very observation point of view, representing a large number of Defence Force personnel and Defence Force housing. Hambly Air Force Base is just um, a little way out of my electorate. And working closely with veterans groups, RSLs in my own community. I think it's very important that we recognise what has happened, we acknowledge that, but we don't in any way disregard the efforts of our ATF. The brave men and women that have protected our country, yes, there are some horrific investigations that have occurred, and I will allow the authorities to follow all of the avenues um, through the Defence Force and through our civilian processes. But, yeah, I, I, I value every single man and woman that has served or put on the uniform to defend our country and all of those challenges that you've identified health economic regional confrontations and trade issues and all of those things amid the border and the virus battle there is a vaccine deal today the prime minister of australia announced that australia will receive a coronavirus vaccine 
once approved. That was Australia's Prime Minister, the Honourable Scott Morrison, Member of Parliament. They have shared stories of courage, resilience and advancing Australia beyond COVID. The progressive way to break the challenges, breaking the status quo and pushing through as leaders in their respective fields. Amid this were also moments of pain, frustration, disheartening days and real experience of the bias, COVID-19 impact and the dwindling future. At the same time, there was also advice, insights and solutions on how to break these barriers, the bias, bridge the gaps and smash the stereotypes. I hope in these treasured yarns of wit, warmth and wisdom, you get a moment to go back and listen to the episodes. 10 curated episodes, over 500 listens across the globe through five major platforms, all just in one year. In the spirit of spinning yarns is a COVID era evolution that I'm so grateful for. In the spirit of spinning yarns is a COVID era evolution that I'm so grateful for. Resources from home studio that were readily available in this pandemic in daggy pajamas and old hair were used with pride. 2020 a year we will never forget. Many lessons have been learned this year and for those ones I don't think I would like to delete this year. Change is never easy and brings out the survival instincts and really has been intriguing to see the depth of human behavior that people are made up of. We saw some go deep in serving humanity, making the most of indoors and family time, a rare lifetime opportunity. And some also unleash their toxic behaviors in survival mode, putting one against the other to garnish their own inbuilt securities. That was a disheartening moment for me. We have also let go of what no longer serves a purpose. We can no longer trust and merely the ships to me personally recognizing those facets and then strengthening my borders and boundaries like never before was a unique experience this year. Some reflective words to end this year with whatever and however this passing year was, we have definitely learned some life lessons. Happiness is the new rich. Kindness is the new cool. Doing the right thing is true leadership. Health, including mental health, is really the new wealth. Inner peace is the new success. And these and these are one of the crucial lessons 2020 has taught most of us and some more, more than others. Patience, empathy, minimalism. We have survived challenges. 
We have thrived. We have adapted like never before. And some of us have healed from personal tragedies. Life will not suddenly change on 1st January. Our journey, our challenges will not change just because a date has changed. Life changes only when our mindsets change. And the quickest way to change is by firstly stop saying I hate 2020 and by rephrasing it by how much I've learned from it. In ancient times, the great sages and rishis realized that everything we want in life is directly related to the ability of letting go of the past and the future and to stay in the present moment. So as we enter the new year, let's look back at 2020 with utmost respect, honor and immense gratitude. In the spirit of spinning yarns, salutes 2020 for its inception lessons and learnings i honor it and through these in the spirit of spinning yarns will enter the new year with an involved and matured vision i also want to take the opportunity to thank each and every one who has supported my first podcast series and i hope you continue to as we continue this journey in the new year he's wishing you a healthy happy fulfilling and an abundant new year let's have a beautiful one my dear friends 